Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Life is sweet, say thank you and celebrate. And when life is bitter, say thank you and grow. And this is from Shauna Nyquist. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia, and the theme for our show today is the gift of growth. And I'm Rachel Glass. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. Right, and for this first segment, we'll be discussing what growth means to the two of us and how it's impacted our lives. So I'll just start off right here with the definition of growth uh, that I pulled from the from just Google, just like, oh, pulling up growth. <laughs> and the definition that they gave me was the growth as the process of developing or maturing physically, mentally, or spiritually. And so, Rachel, what's your opinion on this definition? Is it accurate? Uh, do you agree with it? So when I first um, saw this, I saw you wrote this out for me. And before I really, um, you know, read it all the way through, um, I was, when I was just thinking about, oh, how would I define growth? I literally described it exactly like what you wrote there. Oh um, <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, what my first thought was how growth and maturing kind of go hand in hand. Like they're not one and the same, but they um, are kind of, you know, playing off each other. Like I feel like that's how, it's how you mature. Like when you're growing in life that is maturing and I was also thinking about how that also means it's like bringing you into different stages of your life so like for me I was just thinking about going from high school to college that was a big period of growth um kind of just because you know you're thrown in um one of the biggest things is like living by yourself it kind of forces (laughs) you to mature like that and then from college to post-college is also a big thing because then again you're it's kind of like you're getting um less and less structure in your life Mm -hmm. and you kind of just have to make all the choices and decisions um for yourself and that's how you know mature and just learn how to take care of yourself and take care of your own life yeah yeah definitely and I, I really liked what you said about like oh growing and maturing go hand in hand where like as you grow older physically you also grow older mentally you develop mm-hmm. you know new skills new ways of dealing with things and people and like you get all these new experiences that you go through and yeah I definitely think the transition between each like separate stage of life is really well marked by the kind of like the transitions we go through like in the, within the school system because like mm-hmm. you know once you g- get out of high school it's a completely different story in college and then you've also you know physically matured and then you've mentally matured and then in college you mentally mature even more and then it keeps going and going and I think it's really cool that you outline the process of the education system in tandem with like uh, mental growth and like you know maturing yeah as a yeah and then I guess going past that like I'm not there yet but Probably, I would guess, like, um, you know, starting a family and having kids is, like, another big period of growth and maturing. I I can only imagine, like, once I get to that point, I probably will, um, you know, feel and think a little bit differently than I do now, (laughs) you know. Um, And I think another good point about growth, you kind of mentioned this, is it's kind of like 
you're just, you're constantly learning, you know, like you're learning from the choices and decisions you make, even if, you know, you're looking back, like, I think I made a bad decision. Um, in hindsight, you know, that is just what makes you grow because you learn from that, you know, and hopefully, um, if you did make a bad decision, you know, you don't make it twice, three times, but it's all kind of life lessons and learning. And that's how, um, I know one of the other things we wanted to talk about is if there's any times when growth is not good. Um, I just thought of this because what I was just talking about is I don't think growth is ever bad, but sometimes it could stem from negative experiences, you know, and that's also a good lesson just to take everything that you go through, even if it was, you know, a dark time in your life, you know, as a lesson that you're learning and growing and maturing from. I definitely agree. And like, yeah, I find that I'm still in high school personally, still like super (laughs) young and inexperienced. But um, I I do have some like strong political opinions about certain things. Mm -hmm. And I found that there was one like kind of iffy decision that I made where it was just a split second decision where Mm -hmm. I had a political opinion. And I was, you know, I was feeling a little bit like miffed that day. And I was like, you know, somebody said something. And I was like, wait, that's not in line with my political opinion. And so I, you know, I was very loudly sharing mine. And then I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. you know, that's probably not a great decision just because Mm -hmm. you don't want even when you have your own political opinion you don't want to like push down someone else's opinion it's like oh I'm sorry and like you know like you have your opinion I have mine and so yeah yeah it was like a personal point of growth (laughs) yeah yeah I was just about to say I was your that's exactly what I was about to say um and just little things like that it's like now every time that comes up like you're probably gonna you know think about what you say before you say it and like your specific example I feel like is very relevant right now because I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to that yeah (laughs) and I mean yeah and like on on this show too because um one of one of the other hosts has a different political like viewpoint than I do, but mm-hmm. and she's like an awesome person, and you know like mm-hmm. um, I feel like before I really we really kind of delved into a more political talk. I had this view of the other party as like an enemy. It was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they're terrible. Their views are awful. But like after interacting with this other host, I've come to realize like they want the same goals for America. They. So it's just another way of getting there and we have different opinions, but that doesn't necessarily mean she, she's an enemy figure or anything like that. Like she's super nice and I really like her. And, yeah. Uh, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, enlightenment. Um, and so do you have any like particular exper- experiences or like events that you went through maybe in college or like post-college that um, have been like a point of growth for you as a person? Definitely. One thing that I keep thinking of that I haven't talked about often is when it was kind of a negative experience that (laughs) made me grow and mature a lot. Um, When I was in college, I was part of the National Broadcasting Society. And the first year I was in it, I was a member. And I was like, I wasn't, I was pretty involved, but not super involved. Um, And then came my second year in it. And as the president was leaving, they voted on who they wanted to be president that year, and they all voted for me. For I was like kind of surprised, and no one else wanted Yay. to do it, so I got um, thrown in. I got kind of thrown into it. It was like really exciting, and I was happy to have like a leadership position because um, I knew that would overall be good for me. But anyway, so I kind of got thrown into this position. I had all these responsibilities on top of everything else, and one of my biggest responsibilities was to plan our big um, convention. So it was like planning all the travel, getting our tickets, and it was for like a group of people and raising money. So it was just all of these things. Um, And when I was booking our travel and stuff, kind of what the deal was is that, you know, we don't get credit cards, really. We just have to be reimbursed for things. So I had to, like, put all this stuff on my credit card and then be reimbursed, like, after the trip. Um, And so I did the whole process for that. And there was kind of, like, a waiting period to be reimbursed. Um, But it took quite a while. And I was just feeling very, like, stressed and frustrated because... um, you know, just because it was on my credit card and I wasn't being paid and it was, you know, nobody's fault, but I just had that feeling. And, um, I felt like I was kind of, um, taking my frustrations out on like just the kind of the woman in charge of payroll. And like, obviously it's not her fault at all. Um, but, um, this woman and like kind of my supervisor kind of gave me a stern talking to just about how like (laughs) I, 
you know, even if I didn't know I was what I was getting myself into, you know, I can't, you know, project my frustrations onto other people. Mm-hmm. And it was really just like a point of uh, learning for me, you know, just like in person and over email to always be professional, even when, you know, I'm frustrated or stressed with something that is, you know, negatively affecting me. Um, but again, just going back to growth, I feel like that was a big point. Like I will like never do that again. Kind of always <laughs> a good uh, lesson to always be professional. You know, yeah, definitely. And especially like in a situation where I guess you're handling like a lot of money. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can definitely feel how that was super stressful. <laughs> you pay out this mm-hmm. amount and then it's like, man, when will I get my money back? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like I again in high school, I'm like applying to colleges and stuff and like getting all this these test score back test scores back. And I also feel like it's really hard not to take your stress out on other people. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, you just feel so bad about it. But like, I definitely feel where you're coming from. Where mm-hmm. like, you just build up all this horrible stress and it's hard not to lash out at the people around you. And I've definitely mm-hmm. had my moments of, you know, frustration where afterwards I'm like, dude, I'm just, like, I'll have to talk to my friends. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I had a bad day today. And And I'll try not to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good sign of um, maturing. And like, it's kind of just part of growing up as you learn how to like uh, manage those types of emotions, you know, because I feel like everyone feels that way for different reasons, but eventually you learn how you personally can deal with those, you know, because you never want to, you know, make anyone else feel bad, but it does happen, you know, to the best of us. Um, And I think a big part of growth is, you know, stop take a breath and really think about what you want to say or do before you automatically do it. I think that does take a lot of maturity to not act um, super quickly and irrationally, you know, and um, it's always nice to like wait to the next, especially if something big is going on, kind of sleep on it, you know, until the (laughs) next day when you're making a big decision because a lot could change in your mind over time. I um I found that a way to manage stress though and maybe like be more mature about situations mm-hmm. is like you know, I practice some sort of like meditation or some form of yoga is what I've tried to start doing and hopefully that'll lead to like some personal growth as well you know just to calm myself Definitely. down you know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah take a deep <laughs> breath and so um we're running a little short on time, but as a last quick question, uh, do you, why is growth important, do you think? I think it's just important in getting older, um, becoming more of a mature person, really. Um, and I think everyone does grow. Everyone go, grows at different rates, um, but everyone definitely will experience it at some time. You know, if anyone's listening to this and are like, I'm not <laughs> there yet. I think it happens to everyone um, at different times. And it's, uh, yeah, very important. Definitely. I feel like you never really stop growing as a person. You know, you always Uh move on to the next stage in life. And yeah, I definitely agree with you that, you know, that's why growth is important. We change Mm -hmm. as people and we adapt to those changes. We adapt to like the way the world changes around us. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thanks so much, Rachel, for this amazing conversation. Um, So great to have your viewpoint on growth and like this subject today. That is really awesome. Uh, Unfortunately, we are out of time. But before we go, we'd like to give a shout out of thanks to our volunteer professional web designer, Tim Barger, who has helped us with our new creative website at btsya.com. If you are looking for a great web designer, contact Tim and visit Tim Barger, spelled B-A-R-G-E-R, Dot com. Support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestaryouare.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Rachel Glass. More information is at our website, bethestaryouare.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk on the gift of growth. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Look who you listen.
listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Your uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we are discussing the gift of growth. And I'm Rachel Glass. Today, we have author Erica Chapman on the show. Erica is a young adult author who writes dark and emotional novels with a burst of humor and lighter contemporaries with snarky protagonists. Her first novel, Teach Me to Forget, by Merit Press, is out now. Her writing is represented by the lovely Krista Heschke. I'm probably saying that wrong. <laughs> of, no, that was right. And McIntosh <laughs> and Otis. She's a member of SCBWI, which she'll have to tell us about, and a Lifetime Lions and Michigan football fan who loves alternative music. She blogs, tweets, and watches various CW and Freeform shows while That's typing her next story on her MacBook. In her novel, Teach Me to Forget, 17-year-old obsessive planner Ellery tries to navigate through the guilt of losing her sister, lying to her best friend, and falling in love for the first time, all while waiting for the date she chose to die. All right. Um, Oh, so hello, Erica. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. excited. (laughs) It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know, right? So excited. So thank you for being here. Oh, just a quick FYI to the audience. Uh, Teach Me to Forget is a novel focusing on navigation through the darker hours of one's teenage years. And before we delve into our interview with its author and our star guest, Erica Chapman, um, we just like to make sure everybody understands that our discussion about Teach Me to Forget and its themes may cover the topic of teen suicide and depression. And if you or someone you know wants to harm themselves, please get help from a trusted adult and call the National U.S. Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Our discussion of these topics are for the purpose of bringing awareness to the dangers and the struggles that teens experience. And this is mirroring the purpose of the novel in delving into these subjects. And this important message being conveyed to the audience, we are again excited to welcome Erica to the show and look forward to talking about her writing journey and the powerful message behind her new book. So, Erica, uh, just to start off with our first question, um, what really got you into the writing world? And like, when, when did you start writing, maybe as like a young kid, or did you start, you know, more recently? Um, well, I actually started writing poetry, and that was, um, and that was in high school. It was all about boys, of course, and it <laughs> continued... <laughs> Um, as it always is. Um, and it continued uh, through college. Um, I was unemployed uh, back in 2006. And so I was reading some books and um, one of them was Janet Ivanovich's uh, Stephanie Plum series. And it's uh, not young adult, but um, she had a really funny voice. Like uh, I thought that maybe I could try it too. And so I attempted to write an adult novel and realized that wasn't my thing. Um, and so writing has really become a really big part of my life ever since then. I tried National Novel Writing Month uh, for the Ooh. first time in uh, Nano oh. <laughs> Yes, yes, I love that. Mm. Um, that was back in 2009, and that was the first mm. time I ever tried to write young adult, and it just stuck with me, and I know that this is where I belong, and so, so yeah, it started with poetry, um, so, so you can kind of see some poetic, lyrical sentences sometimes come out in my writing, and that's why, because that's kind of how I started, so, yeah. That's awesome, and that's a really good lesson in itself to always kind of 
Um, I know people always say try new things, but really if you never know if you're really going to like something and be passionate about it, if you don't try it, Absolutely. you know, like that's what I always tell my sister in college. She doesn't know what to do. I'm like, just take a bunch of classes. Like who knows? You might be super interested in something you've never heard of. Oh, completely. Um, yes. <laughs> and um, back to your story. Um, why did you choose this topic? A uh, teen suicide. It is a very, um, it's a dark, intense subject for sure. It is. Um, It was a very personal reason. I lost my Mm -hmm. father to suicide when I was 16 years old. And I had a lot of questions that went along with that, just like anybody else would, about why not understanding how that could happen. And, Mm -hmm. And then I went through depression myself, and I realized that it's actually pretty easy to, to feel that way, that it, it oh. isn't. Um, and so I had some time in between jobs um, and it just, the book just came out. And so I wrote it in a week, um, the first draft, mind oh, you. Wow. So it was, <laughs> it was full of plot holes and it was pretty terrible, but, um, and not what it is today, but at least I got like the feelings and emotions down mm-hmm on the story and it really did writing this was very therapeutic for me and it answered those Mm -hmm. questions for me that had been plaguing me because when you read this book and when I wrote it you're in her head so Mm -hmm. I used experiences that I have felt personally and from people that I've talked to and just a general knowledge of what it feels like to be alone and to be scared and just Mm -hmm. poured that all into this character so yeah. So yeah, so it was a very personal uh-huh. reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry for your loss and for everything that you've gone through. No. And you know, it's definitely this is this is a powerful like message that you've really put into the book. And uh, I definitely see that you've put like your heart and soul into it, really, and your own personal experiences. And so, um, so I I know that like there are a lot of teens who are, you know, going through this sort of thing. It's difficult to be a teenager. It's difficult to go through a lot of the harder things in life. Um, And I know that usually like when you're going through a more difficult time period in your life or when you're trying to get over an obstacle that's been in your path, um, it's, it's better to have like a support base. And so Erica, is there anyone in your life who has helped you grow as either a person or an author and helped you kind of get over these hurdles? That's a good question. Um, I do a lot of growing on my own just because that's always kind of been how I've been. (laughs) But I I do have, um, I have a little sister who's 12 years younger than me. Um, And I recently went through some hardships myself and she was there to, to be there for me. Uh, We moved in together and just kind of just having somebody there when times get tough is probably the most important role you can play uh, in a friendship or family. And sometimes it's really hard to lean on someone though. Like I'm very independent. And so, and I know when I was a teen, I was very independent. And so that hasn't really changed, but um, I did have a friend growing up right after my father um, died. My family was actually out of town when I found out. And so I actually went to her house and if she hadn't been there, I don't know, it would have been a really horrible situation, even worse than it was. And so I think having that one friend or having a sister or brother or just anyone who's there for you is 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 a really important aspect of it, especially if you um, if you're going through hardships, like you said before, mm-hmm. definitely. So. I hope I answered that. I don't know. I kind of yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh-huh. A great <laughs> okay. answer, definitely. That was. I, I think you know. Yeah, I think it's it also kind of you know, as like it it tells the audience. I think your answer really shows the audience that like maybe all of us need to like look around our lives or like look through like the people who are like around us and make sure that we can also be there for them and their times of hardship and maybe you know we 
do need to uh, be aware of like who who can help us as well and yeah i i definitely get the the vol- the kind of like independence factor where sometimes i get really stressed out and this is probably you know nothing compared to the the things that you've gone through but like oh, no um, no everything <laughs> everything matters <laughs> so it's hard to open up to people i've found where like you know, like you just, I feel really vulnerable, you know, when I, when I rely on someone and I definitely see how it would be, you know, it's really hard as an independent person to kind of lean on someone else <laughs> and to find that support base. It, it is uh-huh. because um, when you're raised without, you know, some, some foundation and structure when it comes to emotions, that's really something that you kind of you, you grow through that. And so for me personally, my growth has come from overcoming all of the obstacles that have been in my life and staying positive through them. And even though Ellery is a character in the book, she is determined to, to go out with her plan to commit suicide. But during the story, she actually does make friends and fall in love. And so it proves that even if you're lonely and you're in that spot, that that if you open yourself up even a little bit, that, that people can sneak in there. And those are ultimately the people that will end up helping you in the end. So mm, I think that's a really good lesson to like not be afraid to open up to people. And sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. um, it <laughs> to like, depending on what type of person you are, like not everyone could just, you know, talk about their problems. Um, I think that's a good kind of lesson. What we're talking about is it is really helpful to talk about things, um, to get things off your chest. So it's like, it's not just you holding all those emotions as you know, especially on more, you know, people dealing with more serious things. Um, yeah, it's always helpful to talk to someone and know you're not alone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely. I think that's really the best way to go through life is um, to lean on people when you need them and to let them help you when you need it and to accept that help. Mm -hmm. And also to be the person on the other side of that, like to be there for your friends and family or even for people that you acquaintances, you know, just being there for someone could really change someone's life, save someone's life. Um, So always being a listening ear is a really good trait to have. Mm -hmm. I think empathy is the most important um, mm-hmm. aspect of that too. Is is when you feel like you've you can relate on some level with everyone when it comes totally. to emotions and feelings. And so, mm-hmm. if you apply that to every relationship you have or every friendship, mm-hmm. then you'll always have an even ground to have a conversation, um, mm-hmm. which is the most important. So, yeah. Wow, this got serious. I, I really, yeah, definitely with empathy, though, um, I, we once had, we uh, a few months back, we had actually a specific segment on empathy. We had someone who um, had written a book about it come on. And what the sad thing that I remember from that show is that she she made the point that in modern society today, empathy is kind of looked down upon sometimes as like a weakness or, you know, something that won't get you ahead in life or something ridiculous like that. And I think that's really, you know, that's really sad because empathy, as you said, is really, really important um, towards like, you know, us humans understanding each other and growing as, you know, like a society. <laughs> Yeah, a challenge is a challenge, no matter how big or small, really. Um, And unfortunately, we are about out of time for this segment, um, but we're going to be continuing our fabulous conversation with Erica during the next segment. Um, And I really want to hear more about um, your writing style and all of that. So stay tuned. Um, Be sure to visit EricaMChapman.com for more information on Erica and her novel, Teach Me to Forget. I'm Rachel Glass. I'm Brigitte Gia. Please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our amazing discussion on growth. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. 
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. For staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we have the gift of growth. And I'm Rachel Glass, and now we are continuing um, this great discussion um, from last segment um, with our wonderful guest uh, author, Erica M. Chapman. Her new book, Teach Me to Forget, is the story of Ellery, a girl who learns how to live while waiting for the date she chose to die. Continuing from our last segment, an important trigger warning, our discussion about Teach Me to Forget um, and its themes um, cover the topic of teen suicide and depression. Um, We want all the listeners to know if you or someone you know wants to harm themselves in any way, please get help from a trusted adult. Call the National U.S. Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, our discussion of these subjects mirrors the novels uh, providing awareness about the mental struggles um, that some individuals may be going through. Um, And Erica, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Well, I never left, but it's great to be back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, let's just, again, like, um, continue the conversation. Uh, I have a little bit more about the book, um, and I'll just tell the audience more about your exciting new novel right now. Um, So starting point here is that Ellery's bought the gun, made arrangements for a funeral, and even picked the day. This is a Wednesday, and everything has fallen into place. Now all she has to do is die. Her plans go awry, and the gun she was going to kill herself with breaks. She does the one thing she has control over, return it and get a new one. After tormenting the crusty customer service associate by trying to return the gun with the wrong receipt, Ellery gets caught by the security guard, who also happens to be someone she knows, the annoyingly perfect Coulter Sawyer from her English class. Coulter quickly uncovers what she's hiding and is determined to change her mind. After confessing a closely held secret of his own, he promises not to tell hers. Ellery tries to fight her attraction to him as the shadows of her past cling tight around her, but when she's faced with another tragedy, she must decide whether she can learn to live with what she's done or follow through with her plan to die. All right. And so with that description, (laughs) yeah, it's so powerful and just like, bam, right there. And I I love the the receipt part. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a good scene. I like that one. That has remained, that's remained since the very first draft. I just want to say that. That's like one part. Mm. There's very little that's probably remained. But that part, that part's been there the whole time. So (laughs) from from the very start, there's been that like wonderful sprinkle of humor in there that's just yeah I think that's important definitely when you've got a subject that's that that's on the darker side you really you really do need to to sprinkle in some humor in every once in a while just to kind of give people your readers a break from feeling these emotions especially when you write them so rawly is that a rawly is that a word I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, as they say, like, laughter is the best medicine. So, Raleigh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, I definitely. That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. But, like, um, that, uh, what what you said earlier, like, 
Yeah, when you put everything out there and that's really kind of how your book book goes is that your emotions are really out on the page. Um, so, you know, when you're when you're writing all of this, um, Ellen, uh, when you've... Oh, Erica, I'm so sorry. Oh, um, you're fine. No yeah. worries. Combined with Ellery and then... I, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no worries. Um, but my question was... Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, like... Um, how do you outline your ideas and your, you know, your thought process when you when you write um, all of these raw scenes? Like, how do you really get your ideas from your head to the paper? Um, you know, I wish I was someone who could just outline and and write like structurally, but I'm not one of those people. Um, I literally put on the same song on repeat and just write and just let it all out. And I think that that, especially when you're writing a first draft, that's extremely important is to let yourself write poorly, to let yourself, even if you have to write in a note to yourself to add something later, it's really important to not hold yourself to these high standards of the end of the book because, um, well, not the end of the book, but the the final draft of the book, because uh-huh. that will stop you from keeping going. And so um, I really do need to start outlining books because I think it makes it easier to write them in the first place. But particularly with this story, because it just kind of came out and I didn't really write it um, with intent on having it be a book per se, I was uh-huh. hoping that that would happen, but I really wrote it for myself to be able to to answer those questions. Um, and so it becomes, the music really speaks to me personally. So I make sure that the music really has those tones and the lyrics that really kind of get, get you into that mood to be able to write such raw <laughs> writing. Um, and I do have a, a vague idea um, for like when I write stories that aren't that particular one, I've gotten better at actually having a loose outline um, and I'll write to myself like on my phone when I come up with ideas and things like that. Right now I actually have um, Donald Mass's writing the breakout novel workbook that a friend of mine recommended and it's been extremely helpful with um getting to the inner conflict and external conflict for the book that I'm writing now. And so, um, so again, that's growth, right? Because I started Uh with this book where I didn't think about any of that. And now I'm becoming more structured now that I have a couple books that I've written. That's, that's how you grow through being a writer is, and plus um, talking to other writers and other people that give you ideas is fantastic. So I have a great group of people that I um, talk to and, you know, network. So they have great ideas too. Definitely. We love hearing about your um, growth as a writer. And I did have a Mm -hmm. question I wanted to ask you. I read on your website um, that you have a lot of half written books um, and just a few fully written books. Do you think that's like part of being a writer, like kind of half writing books? And then does your mind kind of think of a new idea and then you start again? Um, or what yes. is that like for you? <laughs> That's completely how it is. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm some, some people may not, some people I've talked to don't like have trouble with ideas. They're like, mm-hmm. well, I can never figure out what to write. But once I write, I'm like in it and I yeah. just have tons of ideas. But then, it, you know, trying to focus in on the one you really want to do is not easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so actually, I just went through this. I have three story ideas right now that and one one finished manuscript. And so I had to choose whether I was going to write the new one or go back to the manuscript and revise it or, you know, so it's kind of a constant thing. And some of the half books end up being full books too, if you go back and, you know, but I think a lot of those half books have just, are just practice because um, once you write more often, you get better. And so going back and kind of sludging through something that you wrote a long time ago (laughs) is like, uh, no, you know what, I have better ideas now or, you know, but it depends. You can also pull stuff out of the shelf too that you, you know, um, 
But yes, I am always full of ideas. So having to focus is difficult for me. Um, And I envy anyone who can just like, you know, just drive to the end. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's an amazing quality. So you know, I, I I have a friend who, you know, she, she really wants to be, you know, she wants to major in English, go out there and be an author. And she just sits at Starbucks for like eight hours a day, just typing away. And she gets so much done. I'm like, how? Wow. <laughs> so much drive. And she's got this one idea and she, she just focuses on it for the longest time. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what drive? But um, you seriously, that's fantastic. Um, You mentioned earlier that you listened, you know, for your book, you listened to one song over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. Um, Do you, is that like your writing process? Do you have a certain writing process that you usually stick to when you're, you know, um, creating new works or creating new ideas? It is. Yeah. I always write to music and I I always um, pick a playlist um, prior or like just at the very beginning, I'll pick a playlist and then I just play those songs over and over and over again. <laughs> I, and the, it's sometimes it's like 10 songs. Sometimes that, I mean, I have really have played. Um, it was um, the fray. How to save a life was the one oh, that I played on record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For teach me to forget along with, um, well, the playlist is on my website actually. Oh, along with, oh, um, cool. a list of resources as well. So if you need help, I have, I have a bunch of links as well. Um, and I know I just kind of threw that in, but I think that's important too, very is important. to make sure. Um, and I do try to put those trigger warnings everywhere the book is that I have control over doing. Um, cause I think that's very important. Um, uh-huh. So I wanted to give um, that a shout out too. Um, and you guys have done a really great job of, of giving the hotline in as well during this interview. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And everyone here um, for this and mm-hmm. for, for giving me a voice today. So <laughs> definitely, like, you know, your, your book is also such a strong, like powerful message and like a voice for, you know, you know, to turn people towards like awareness for teen mm-hmm. suicide, teen depression. And like, I, I think in writing this book, you've really also helped out the cause and like made sure that people pay attention to what's going around, uh, going on around them and pay attention to like rising teen depression and rising teen suicide and really try to help people who are going through that. Yeah, I, yeah, it's I hope nothing so. to sweep under the rug. So, yeah, definitely have to applaud you for that. Taking on a really big topic. Oh. Um, how would Thank you, you so say? Much. Yeah, how would you say that writing uh, "Teach Me to Forget" has helped you grow as an author? Like now that it um, is out, like where are you now from when you started? Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm seriously. I've grown so much and that, Mm -hmm. that includes things I've gone through my personal life during this process, but Mm -hmm. just the business of publishing a book, a book will cause you to grow more than you ever thought because Mm -hmm. your responsibilities change. The fact that this book was going to get published, I knew I would have to own the reason that I wrote it and to Mm -hmm. be an advocate for mental health. And that was extremely important to me. And so, um, I had to grow into that role as well because when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about that at the time. But now, th- now that it's out, that's something I really have to think about. And when I read reviews that, you know, um, say certain things, and other reviews that say, you know, I have to really own those those feelings for those people. And so mm-hmm. that's a big that's a big growth opportunity for me too, and it's been wonderful. Um, and it, I've become a better person because of it. And I'm so thankful for everyone who has read the book and who it's mm-hmm. touched and who has reached out to me and who's left a review that's just made me tear up. It just, it means oh. more than anything in my life. It really does. So that's, I'm very thankful. That is absolutely wonderful. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's really all thanks to the message that you brought out there as well. And it's so like powerful that you've really 
taken, you know, the step up and like embrace this role as well after having authored the book. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for having this wonderful conversation with us. And, you know, we really learned a lot about some of the struggles that teens are going through and your own personal struggles, and your own personal journey in writing this book. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but it was amazing to have you on. Uh, guys, please make sure to visit Erica's website at www.ericamchapman.com and follow her on Twitter at twitter.com slash Erica M. Chapman to learn more about her and teach me to forget. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Rachel Glass. Erica, I'll definitely follow you on Twitter. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. More info um, can be found under the events tab on our website, btsya.org. And please visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for more info about our show. When we come back, we'll continue our inspiring conversation on the gift of growth. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's hour is all about growth. And I'm Rachel Glass. In this segment, we have reporter and host Maria Wong with another segment of her series, Book Smart. Take it away, Maria. Thanks, Rachel. So as many of you may be able to tell from my past Book Smart segments, I love a good coming-of-age novel. For this mm. week's theme, The Gift of Growth, I thought I would discuss one of my favorite coming-of-age series, which would have to be, hands down, Jenny Han's To All the Boys I Ever Loved trilogy. Now, I've loved Jenny Han's novel trilogy, To All the Boys I Ever Loved. I even used her first book, to all, the, uh, to all the Boys I Ever Loved, for my first ever segment on Express Yourself, The Gift of Communication. So today, <laughs> so today I'll be discussing the sequel, which is titled P.S. I Still Love You by Jenny Han. Now, I understand that this title and the title's previous sound very YA. <laughs> I really do think it's YA in the best way possible because this is really a series that is so relatable and relevant for any high school student, I feel like especially for females. And while into all the boys I ever loved, Lara Jean, the main character, is still trying to figure out how to adjust to her new life as her older sister, who she's so close with, Margot, is living so far away from their home in Virginia. She's going to college in Scotland. And Lara Jean is still trying to figure out her love interest. However, in P.S. I Still Love You, Lara Jean grows into a mature, confident woman, even in the midst of relationship problems and the daily tribulations of high school. So this novel basically starts off with the context from the previous novel, and it's that Lara Jean and Peter Kabinsky, her prior love interest, are broken up. However, at the start of the novel, when she's celebrating Korean New Year's with her deceased mother's side of the family, it's apparent that Lara Jean still has feelings for Peter K, as I said before, her ex-boyfriend. And like in a past manner, which she did in the first novel, she's already written him another letter because what she does is that she writes letters to all of her past crushes, expressing all of her emotions and everything. Just it's a cathartic experience for her. Mm -hmm. 
And after the New Year's Eve celebration with her family, Lara Jean goes to Peter's house to reconcile. In the process of them sort of arguing, Lara Jean's letter to Peter drops out of her dress, and Peter discovers and reads the letter. And that night, they decide to officially become boyfriend and girlfriend. And even though they're finally back together, there's so many pervasive rumors around school spreading about them concerning their past school's annual snow trip and about Lara Jean and Peter. And amongst this trouble... Amongst this drama and the troubles that one will face junior year, Lara Jean becomes increasingly jealous and paranoid of Peter's very close friendship with Genevieve, who's his ex-girlfriend, and sort of just a girl that Lara Jean's very wary about. But regardless of the rumors spreading around, Lara Jean decides to focus on other things, such as getting a job. She decides to work at Bellevue, which is an elderly housing center where she runs a scrapbooking class. This is where she meets Stormy, who's a strong, feisty, elderly woman. And it's through Stormy's vivacious attitude and her go-getter advice that Lara Jean realizes that she really has to value the present, stop worrying about the past, such as Peter and Genevieve, and really just live in the moment. Now... As she's going through this job and all these rumors and just sort of the strained relationship with Peter, new drama arrives as Lara Jean receives a letter in the mail from John Ambrose McLaren telling her that he received the love letter she wrote him. And John is her old high childhood crush and a good middle school friend. And they quickly become pen pals just sharing daily facts as they go to different high schools and really catching up. And Lara Jean's really inspired by being pen pals with John and decides to have a going-away reunion party with her old middle school group of friends, which consists of John, her ex, her boyfriend, Peter Kay, Genevieve, <laughs> among others. <laughs> now, it's at um, this treehouse that they have it, and Peter brings Genevieve while knowing that Lara Jean really did not want her to come. In this process, Lara Jean also finds out that Peter and Jen were hanging out before the party, which makes her very suspicious and jealous. And she decides to distract herself from Peter by focusing on her childhood friend, John Ambrose McLaren. And during this party, they open up their greatest treasures that they left in a time capsule that they buried from seventh grade. After emptying the time capsule, sort of reminiscing about middle school memories, they decide to play a game called Assassins, which they used to play before, <laughs> which consists of assigning targets to the group of people and having to get them out using water guns. And the winner will receive a wish of whatever they want. And Lara Jean is so determined to win this as she has never won any games. And she's very paranoid of Genevieve and just really wants to win. And Lara Jean ends up winning the game. But in the process, she has so many consequences. Her relationship with Peter becomes fractured. And things become a bit more complicated with John and Genevieve. And there's essentially a love square between the four of them. Just sort of... um, all these different emotions and it's through this messy social life that she has that's so complicated and often filled with confusion that I feel like any high schooler can really relate to that Lara Jean really struggles to find her place and know herself however through the help of her adorable and precocious little sister Kitty her wise sister Margot, and doing things for herself that fulfill her and make her happy rather than doing things for other people she really matures and learns that she is stronger than she than she thought And I think Han really highlights the sort of growth where she's really starting to do things for herself. And it's when Peter and Lara Jean at the end of the novel are still sort of fighting, still sort of together, still sort of not. And they're having a serious conversation about the relationship. And Peter says, I know it's hard to get over my past as he's sort of a high school jock. He's known to flirt with a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. Lara Jean realizes that in this moment, when he says that, that it was never his past that bothered her. Rather, it was her realizing that she was constantly comparing herself to Genevieve and Peter and their relationship. And she really wasn't ready for having such a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like it's in this moment when she finally starts to open up and realize and accept her feelings for what what they are, that she really matures. And this acceptance of her feelings and just being able to mature is not only seen in her relationship with Peter Kay, but also with her future. At the start of the first novel and second novel, Lara Jean was so determined to stay very close to home and attend University of Virginia since she lives in Virginia, as she wants to live close to home and close to her family. However, she realizes that she can still go farther and still be happy and close to her family. And I feel like that realization and not being scared to do something that is out of your comfort zone really just highlights once again how much more mature she's gotten. 
So overall, I just really love this trilogy. I really recommend it. I feel like Jenny Han has mm-hmm. such a relatable writing style and all the characters all have their own developments throughout the story. It's not only Lara Jean and they're just so relatable and lovable and the engaging plot really makes this a worthwhile read. So once again, I'd recommend this to any high school student from high school freshman all the way to me now as a high school senior. So I'm <laughs> sure you'll love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that does like it's it's very relatable to what happens in high school where you, you you know, as you said, you try to find yourself and Laura Jean's story is kind of, you know, it kind of represents what a lot of high schoolers do go through in, in like discovering themselves and like discovering where their relationships with other people can go. And so tying it in with the um, with the theme for today, why, Maria, do you think that this story really does just highlight growth to the max? Well, I really think, first of all, that it's a sequel to the first novel. You really see her mature from because she's her, in her sophomore year first. In the second novel, she's in her junior year. So... There's very, so in the first novel, she is maturing, but it's very, very little steps, such as being able to not, not being scared to drive. Um, She used to be scared to drive in the first novel because her sister Margo would always drive them places. But this time she's actually really considering, I feel like bigger things for her, where she really has to be a bit more introspective, such as having deeper relationships with people and really starting to consider college and getting her first job and interacting with people. She never would have interacted with herself. And the fact that she really is able to accept her feelings and just really show at the end of the novel that she really is ready to move on and just continue her life and live in the present, I think really highlights this growth. And it's like that, that kind of like thing where I feel like she, from the way you described it, she really like comes into her own at the end of the story and like focuses more on herself and less on really like Peter. And she, she drifts away from that, that sort of like, idea that she doesn't you know she's jealous of Genevieve because like Peter has this horrible past and she more focuses on the reason for her and Peter's relationship not really working out being herself and like some things that she's going through and I think that's that's pretty important I feel like because um throughout our teenage years we define ourselves by other people and so it's nice to, at the end of the book, you know, see Laura Jean be like, no, this is my problem. This is what I'm going to work out. And like, this isn't, this doesn't have anything to do with you, Peter Kay, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is exactly. all me. And I think that's really great. So Maria, you mentioned that, uh, or, you know, you've been on the show for a while. So um, uh, it is known that you, you're a senior in high school. And so what does growth really mean to you and how has like maybe going through high school impacted your own growth or like made you realize a certain definition of growth? Yeah, I think for me, growth in high school, I feel like especially so important, but it's really for me finding out what I really value and really who I am as a person. Just for me, it was really like finding my value systems and just being really confident in myself and the choices that I make. And yeah, I really think it's just important for everybody to just become confident in themselves and really just live in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, something I wanted to talk about too, living in the present, your whole um, uh, synopsis of the book. And you're really good at describing these novels you read, by the way. Oh, thank right? you. So, <laughs> so like, I was like, wow, you know, no, falling that's a, that's along. A <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you should, the, the book should hire you. Um, <laughs> But really just living in the present, I just feel like there's, and you do kind of like, as you grow, you kind of learn this, but I feel like, you know, and it sounds cheesy, but like, there's no better place to be (laughs) with, you know, with yourself than in the present, because, you know, thinking about the past, like, even if bad things happen, you have negative experiences, like there's no possible way for you to go back and change that. So all you can do is kind of learn from that, grow and move forward. And, like, as for the future, you know, you do have a lot of, um, you know, handle over your own future because your every decision you make, you know, you're making for yourself and you're the only one in control of your life, your livelihood and the decisions you make. Um, 
So just from everything you described in that novel, I think that's a really good takeaway is um, to live in the present, not dwell on the past and just kind of look forward to the future and make the best future possible for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that is just something everybody should live by. It reminds me of when I was a camp counselor at this place called Camp Hope, um, where we worked with kids who faced severe trauma, whether it's from domestic violence or gun violence. And we really did live by, well, you just said that motto, really don't dwell in your past, learn from your past, live in the present and look forward to the future. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's the message that we really need to take away from this is just, you know, you grow as a person, you learn from the past, and then you keep going. You keep growing and keep changing as a person, keep adapting to that. And I, yeah, definitely. I think your synopsis really followed through with that core message and, you know, how like Laura Jean goes through this whole growth and then afterwards you really tied it back nicely. And so thank you so much, Maria, for having this conversation with us and sharing this series with us. Um, Really ties in well with the theme. Uh, It is time to say farewell, sadly. Uh, We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Rachel Glass. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be kind, keep growing, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself